Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week, I'm joined by the full crew, uh, starting off with Bertie. Bertie. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm muted. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and 40. Bonacera. And your host, Hamish. We're back here for a bit of a happier affair um, after last weekend's game. Um, noting that we need to have some consistency going forward. But let's talk about the good things um, whilst they're at hand. Uh, so in the Sydney Shield uh, Cup, the Guildford Hours coming up 32-6 to six victors over the Penrith Brothers, um, which has them sitting up near the top of the ladder. And then, of course, uh, the, the wonderful Wentworthville Magpies, led by the beautiful Bo Henry, uh, coming up 15-14 to 14 victors over Cabramatta. So getting away with the... Um, one-point victory, and um, surprisingly enough, it was Bo Henry field goal. <laughs> Come off the moment. Come off the man, whatever it is. <laughs> and oh. Schaffhausen getting a try too. And also in the Ron Massey Cup, I noticed that uh, JP Nora played for Hills Bulls, so I think that's his return from injury. That's great. Yeah, that is that's very good for JP Nora, so... um. Uh, he, is he moved on or... No, he's, he's still another year of 20s eligibility. Oh, okay. So just getting some football back yeah, in just the legs. He's, yeah, yeah unfortunately. He's, um, playing him through hills. I think we've also played a couple um, through the Guildford hours. So we're just sort of branching out into the para district there for give players a couple spots. Well, Daniel Harrison was in that team. Okay. We got <laughs> sinned in too, so... <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then into a very uh, strange weekend in the Jersey flag. Um, what did we just go through? Is it four games that were four one Four games point? by one point. Um, but the Eels, uh, they came away victors 32-24 to 24 over the Warriors with a late flurry of tries. What was it, three in the last eight minutes? Yeah, uh, three in the last five minutes. Yeah, three in the last five minutes. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Jesse Cronin, he's still got me a full mast with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that... that um, uh, dummy. Well, there's a number of ways he could have spun that. He could have sold an Eskimo ice, could have sold a blind man some reading glasses. That was a brilliant dummy, wasn't it? It was. It was, so, it was, um, it was, uh, what's his name? Kenny, Kenny S. I was just about to say which one uh, was better. Uh, <laughs> 1981. Which, which one, which dummy pass was better? Kenny's in 81? Grand final oh, or? I, I think, I, I think I'd still go with Kenny given the money. <laughs> but, but it's pretty close. If you have to ask the question, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> I thought Derek Sport was playing for the Warriors for a second. <laughs> he got sold if he didn't want to tackle, did he? Yeah. He was taking a, a business decision not to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in any event, great fight back from the boys. Um, Bailey Biondiotto stood up strong. And also, um, who was the – was it the 19? Joe Dabari back in action for the 20s. And and him and um, Jesse Cronin seem to have struck up a real good partnership. Um, Cronin going over for a second try, um, and he, they would just always seem to be running off each other. So unfortunately, a bit of soft defence to start, but then they really brought it home. Yeah, there was um, a lot of errors early on too. But they had a they had a, I think about four or five opportunities in the Warriors half um, in the first half, and they just squandered it and didn't really do anything. It wasn't until um, Jesse made that break, and then the second half that they sort of come back to life. So yeah, they need to. The Warriors are a decent team, the sort of fringe top eight. But if they want to, I don't think our Jersey Flag boys are going to make the, the finals this year. Yeah, they've had no luck um, bridging the five point gap between them and the top eight. They've won a lot of games recently, but so have everyone in the back end of the top eight. So they're yeah. still two and a half wins adrift. They've still got to play. Uh, the Thunderbolts, the North Sydney Bears, and Manly, who haven't been doing too well. So, you know. Only um, one and a half wins back because um, the Jets have had uh, one win plus a draw ahead of them. So. Oh, okay. So they're only three oh, points you now. I misread, misread the table. Yeah, there we've you got go. a better, better, better differential as well than the Jets. So, yeah, we'd like, you know, when you're coming up against uh, the Thunderbolts, Bears, and uh, Manly, you're looking at those games and you go, we need to win those ones. So. Um, there should be three good wins there, so they might they might slip in there. But if they if they get in there, they, they can do a bit of damage. You know, the, the team's oh, going to get in there. I think they've got a great team. I think just the start of the year with um, yeah the the injuries and the new promoted, roster, yeah, a few injuries there. Um, the SG ball guys not playing, so you know we've had a 
uh, Sam Hughes played on the weekend. He had an, an all right game, and um, the Fijian wingers are finally back. They're in uh, first time they've played on the both, uh, both in the, in the same, same team. team. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so. not familiar with who they are. Can you? <laughs> it's JT. <laughs> and Solomon Naiduki. And um, JT's got a, a nice longer name if you want to have a crack at it, but it is a mouthful. I am not. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to get it right. Yeah. Hopefully, um, he just goes with JT if he makes first grade. Who was the There you go. Who was the fullback for um, the headgear guy? He Sianni looked right the Johnny Fanua. Yeah. He reminded me of that um, Knights guy we signed from the Knights in my... And New South Wales Cup team, the centre. Johnny, Johnny's been in our system for ages and has just unfortunately been really banged up in the last year or so. Um, plenty, plenty talented when he's there, and so it's good to have him back. Yeah, he's got a um, – I think it was for – who was on that left side that he passed to? Talfa Afu, I think he scored. Yep, that's correct. You see the hands from Fanua there. He just – like he's – It's Johnny's such a weird – Prospect because he doesn't have the explosive um, speed for mm. a, an arrow fullback, but he has the passing ability. His communication defense really good, um, and his defense is really good too. So there, but he doesn't really have the the top level playmaking skills to be a half. But so he's a footballer. He's a footballer. I'd like to see him held on to, but it just depends where he could play. Someone mentioned to me the other day that he might end up in the – he could or, in their opinion, it's not anyone to do with the club or anything, it's just a mate, that Fanua might make a good second rower. Like a sort of Wade Graham-style second rower in that sense, right? That, like, yeah, that's exactly who I said. Yeah. Got that bit of ball playing there. Um, he's certainly big enough to – Well, he's he's real – like it's not like he's, he's overweight or anything, but he's just real like solid and char- – like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, fix that build. Yeah. Tall enough too, so um, interesting 12 months for Johnny and I hope we keep him on. And then into uh, the reserve grade, so Warriors coming up 26-16 to 16 victors over the Wentworthville Magpies. Uh, in our preview, we thought that Solomone Carter might get a bit of a workout on that edge defence, uh, but it was quite the opposite and um, poking holes through our, was our right side defence, um, which, was, which was absolutely garbage. Um, but try scorers for us, Greg Lelessiwell, Ethan Parry and Hayes Dunster. Uh, those calling for Greg Lelessiwell coming into first grade or were or still are whenever um, Ferguson or, or Sivo have a bad game. Um, and for Sivo, that's very, very rare at the moment. Um, you just have a look at his defence in that game. It's just, it's not up to first grade standard. Just awful. And, you know, you might be looking at the attacking stats and he's making... I think he's averaging about 170 metres a game. Yeah, it's real gaudy stuff on paper, but... Yeah, it's just... Oh, you, yeah, he's just not there. He'd be perfect in the NFL, man, for the offence. Just, <laughs> just play one side <laughs> of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the NRL should change rules and say you can have one player <laughs> they can bring on for attack and then one, like, Specialist. one player bring on for defence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else to add on to that game, or just it seems uh, since just those first graders another, came back? Another hugely going... disappointing result, isn't it? You know, for the experience and talent that Wendy have at their disposal now, and they've, they're what they've lost three in a row with all those players there. So, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, you look at the one to seven, right? So you've got excluding Josh Minhinick for a bit, Bevan French, who's. Again, attacking-wise, he's been a bit inconsistent, but he's putting in the tri-assists in. Um, Hayes Dunce has had a, a pretty good game statistically. It's hard to say because I've only had highlights and statistics. Ethan Parry always plays well. Um, Greg, attack-wise, fantastic. And then you look at your six and seven, Takarang and Will Smith. Like, Oof. It, for, it's bad, but you look at it reserve grade-wise, and that should be a pretty decent hard That's right. I know they're up against Adam Kieran. And uh, CHT, who have both played first, which are one of, the, one of the better pairings you'd think in in the um, Canterbury Cup. But yes, but yeah. you, you say they have played first grade. What, what between them? Are they even double digits between them? No, he's not got, even. Yeah, Takarangi, yeah. who's got more games under his well, ten times as many games as the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and that's the thing. I, I've seen one game of Takar at Wenny, and it was just his attitude was worse than it was in first grade. Didn't want to play. Didn't want to defend. So. 
yeah, just we were talking about it before, and he's obviously had a sook going down the reserve grade, and it's just not good enough because you need you need to be on your game not only for yourself to try and get up back up in the first grade, but for the young guys in Ethan Parry and Hayes Dunster, and even to an extent Greg Lelisiewicz, for them, like you you just that's right. You need to be the benchmark. You know, you're you're setting the professional standards that these young guys need to follow in order to make first grade. Yeah, and it's just that's it's really bad. It's really poor form, and it's obviously and Brad obviously just doesn't want to play first grade because he hasn't done anything to uh, make his put out his case. All right. Well, first graders who are deserving of a first hey. grade spot uh, made their appearance finally <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> um, Crowd not great, 16,854. I think we can get a few more, but understandable given how inconsistent we've been over the last couple of weeks. Um, So uh, punters showing that uh, they they, they won't turn up unless there's some good footy to be played, but they missed out on some good footy. Still massively over um, what the Tigers got at the same stadium. True. Um, But um, I I saw something from Goal on um, the Discord. Um, Did you guys have the same... Affair in that the the honeymoon phase in regard to to services and beverages and whatever else had sort of been over and it was a bit longer waiter. I can't comment because I don't buy anything there, so <laughs> I just go in, sit in my seat, and yell at the referees and cheer the team. <laughs> Get them on side. <laughs> and right, you know as well. Yeah, well, I I didn't get out there. I was looking after a um, ill child, so um, I think it was my maybe wife's birthday too, so. Like they probably weren't expecting a big crowd, so they put so like a skeleton crew on. You know when they're when they're expecting a big crowd, but they'll they rustle more people exactly. Yeah, like uh, the Tigers when we play them away there could potentially be a big crowd against the Dogs. So I just think it possibly more of a case of um, just not expecting a big crowd and then understaff themselves a little bit. Okay, we'll have to wait and see though. Let's get to the game then. Um, so, try scorers. Junior Paulo with a crash over. Uh, Make a Sivo only with one. He left one out there, not of his own doing, but of her. Uh, <laughs> if that, if that pass was like an inch like further or shorter, he gets it on the half volley or he catches it, Queen, I reckon. That was just a perfectly placed to be a knock-on. <laughs> he was filthy about it too, yeah. you can see. <laughs> he wanted that <laughs> Michael double. Jennings then making up for it and getting a try of his own. Josh Hoffman then grabbed a double. David Gower, Johnny on the spot. And Reed Marnie um, also with a try. Moses, a five from seven. And then try scorers, Matt Gillette. Uh, uh, must I say, from another forward pass from dummy half, that wasn't... They got they got away with like three or four knock-ons, not even forward passes, but like knock-ons. God. And then um, Oates again getting one at the end, to which um, somebody took a certain bit of uh, offence at his uh, showboating put down. <laughs> Stony316 says he kicked his ass. <laughs> um, so beware of an angry Raymond Stone. Uh, but let's just go through the stats quickly. Possession, 52% to us, 88% completion. That's fantastic. Um, completed sets, 37 to the Broncos, 27. Um, total sets, 42 to 35. All runs, 212 to 178. Outgained them by about 500. Uh, outgained them post-contact metres by about 100. Four line breaks each. We only had 33 tackle breaks to the Broncos, 41, but still. Uh, kick return metres, 256, and you can see that from Sivo and Ferguson and also Gutherson. Average play the ball speed, us four seconds, Broncos three seconds. So one second slower. In we, we lose that we all the time. All yeah, we lose that every week. And, yeah, despite winning the entire game for the yeah. entire 80 minutes and, again. And, and sometimes it's our pack's fault. Count and the ruck. Yeah. Sometimes it's our pack's fault. That wasn't the case on the weekend. Yeah, and I think some of those penalties were certainly give me's, um, especially the two just before half time. Um, but we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, four dummy passes to one. Uh, let's get what else have we got. Seventy one percent kick defusal. Two force dropouts to one, and then three twenty two tackles to three seventy one. Forty one missed though to the Broncos. Thirty three penalties conceded. Six to five, and then seven errors to ten. So. Uh, Meters one ninety nine by Nathan Brown. Tell you what, what a plot! I didn't even make two hundred. Just sack him now. He ain't. Yeah. All right, now jump into it. Um, start off with the negatives first. Yeah, tear yourself yeah, off sure. a negative. Okay. Um, the two most glaring uh, negatives the tries put on us come mm-hmm. from mistakes. One, Nathan Brown 
sort of excusable because he was he was running 120% full head steam into the <laughs> yeah. defense. Just looked up at the wrong time before he had the ball. You don't want to be making those mistakes, but sort of excusable. Um, Mitchell Moses kicking out on the full. Yeah. Um, I, we, I, I went. We started, I went we started the second break. off with bad kicks from both Salmon and Moses. They were, Salmon's kickoff, he wasn't as bad as Mitchell's, but it was still pretty ordinary, yeah. the one before that. Right. And the thing was, he went the short side there, and just as soon as he had the ball, kicked it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna aim towards the sideline, you know, play on the open side or don't rush yourself to kick it because that's sort of or just make sure it just hits the ground. It was something really simple, um, and it did cost us in the end. It was only luckily only four points, but that could have led to something a little bit more. Um, I just think that's where Mitch needs to be a bit smarter yep. in his play. Perfectly. I, I, I do think it was the right idea, kicking it out at the time. It was just the execution. Yeah, that's perfectly perfectly fair criticism. You're right. And then into the positives, we fucking won. <laughs> yeah, we, and we put our um, we put our four and against back into the positive because of the um obviously the margin of victory, which was a nice yeah a nice solid um, um was it twenty eight. Yeah, it was almost there to overtake Manly for a short one period one of point, time, and but- then they obviously put the cleaners through um. Uh, who'd they play? God, the Titans was Dragons. It? Dragons. Dragons, that's right. Post May Dragons. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um the biggest positive, David Gower. My goodness. Get that man in a sky blue what jersey. A, what a guy. What a game. Yeah, well he's more deserving than a certain Mr. Saifiti. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing was, it wasn't just, you know, the stats there. Whenever no. there was a ball loose, Gower was on it. Twice, I'm pretty sure that happened. There was the the Corey Oates bat back in a red zone, and then the charge down from a Moses kick that was played at, and he like there was like three or four other guys around the ball, and he was the one that came from like 15 meters away and just dived on it. And that just goes to show, like obviously he's seen that it's his retire year, and he's just going to put everything into it. And you saw what a good kick chase can do because Corey Oates had a Manu Vatavai of a game. And when he kicked out, I don't know, how, I don't know how he kicked it, but because Gowie was chasing hard, he's the one that got the meat pie. And because Darius fullbacks, the Darius <laughs> fullback, Darius Boyd's the fullback for the Broncos, like he's not going to die for a ball. So that was huge from Gowie. And I think that was probably the la- the second loudest cheer for a try at uh, Parramatta Stadium this year. I think the most would have been Moses for the first one, the debut but, yeah, one, yeah. Top- that, that that one for Gao, he's he's become a bit of a cult. Uh, he's a, had a bit of a cult following. What is he like? 11, Eleven games off uh, a club one hundred for us. Yeah, yeah. And if he makes it, I don't know when. It, when would it be? Well, whenever it is, if he makes it, the club has to do something because, like, for a guy that was a journeyman nobody for a long, long time, even when he come to the club, he was only supposed to be playing five, ten games at the most a year. He's played nearly a hundred in his um in his since two thousand fourteen. So that's that's, that's Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome awesome story and it's one of those, you know, sort of fabric rugby league ones that you'll talk about for a long time. Oh, I just counted it. We have to make the finals. Because <laughs> if he plays every game this year, that's ten. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, that's correct. So we are making the finals. That's so we it. Have no pressure, boys. Do it for Gower. <laughs> there you go. Hashtag do it for Gower. All right. And other positives, of course, make a Sivo. Um, fantastic on that wing. But one thing that was highlighted, I thought, across um, all reviews and during the game uh, was our ball movement in attack. Um, that yeah. try that was first. Edge to edge to edge. First one. Yeah, edge to edge to edge. Um, which is just fantastic play. And that's the play that we all sort of grew up on from the Eels, which is, is that real um, great attacking sort of um, play. And you know uh, what the so thing was? There was no um, dummy, like there was no uh, decoy runners. Slow blocks, yeah, exactly. It was just, it was just, just crisp just movement. Long pass, long pass, long pass, hit up, long pass, long pass, long pass, hit up. So, you know, I think, I was, I think it was on the Matty Johns podcast a few months back where he was talking about, how teams now are taught to defend, you don't slide until it passes the ball. So obviously there's long passes. A you know, sort of break break the system. They, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting one an interesting one. And it will be you know, if we continue doing it or you know, I don't think you can do it all the time, but we certainly 
outplayed the Broncos in that aspect. I thought our forwards were really good, especially um, so Kane did nothing wrong. I thought he was very hard to stop. Um, yeah, Kane Junior, Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown that's oh, your Nathan that's Brown your free starting middle forwards there, and they definitely laid a platform for the team. Yeah, Nathan. Like, uh, since he's come back, you can just tell us so much. Like when he came off the bench for that Sharks game, it was just a huge difference. And what did he play on the weekend? Seventy minutes. Uh, 60 minutes, I think it was, and then Stoney took over for the last 20. Yeah, it's just that's it just it was just a massive difference. And you know, talk about forward leaders, you know, he's one. And if you get the young guys following him, that that'll be huge for moving forward. And I think we still need a bit more experience and probably another forward leader in there. But I do think we already have one in Nathan Brown. Sorry to cut you off there, Birdie. I just no, it's, it's all right. It's just um. <laughs> With, see, with Kane and um, Junior, when they used to do a, bit, do a bit of ball playing, I get a bit like, it looks like a bit nervous for me because they're not natural ball players, but for Brownie, it looks, it's natural. It, it's just, it's fluid. And and I thought, I thought look, I'm not showing bias to Murata, but I think he defends better in the middle than on the edge because, against mm-hmm. the bigger bodies because he's much more solid. But yeah, I think we should, for the future, let Murata defend in the middle because um, yeah, when, he gets, when he comes up against the quicker backs... Like the centers, he gets a bit left, um, like a, what's it called, shirt grabbing. So, well, right off the bench gives you the flexibility to be able to do that, to play him through the middle if you need to, or if there's an injury, he can cover the edges still and be a, you know, an adequate, uh, you know, obviously a good runner of the ball, but an adequate defender in that regard. So yeah, I don't, want, I don't mind that idea, Eddie. Playing, <clears throat> playing him through the middle um, helps shore up his defense, and he's been running for a little bit more venom since um, dropping back to the bench as well. And we should say one more negative out of the game. Uh, was the injury, of course, to Josh Hoffman. Uh, oh, hard Knee from Mitch Moses lining him up uh, and being carted off. But it appears everything seems to be right um, and that he uh, will make a recovery and be back training um, next week. So um, full speed recovery to Hoffman. And i tell you what, one of rena- renaissance, uh, we talk about Michael Jennings coming back this year, but um, Hoffman, who's been out in the wild, playing a lot of reserve grade in the last couple of years, and to come back and... You know, we're, we're calling for him to be in the team every week, which is um, when, talking about him last year was probably unheard of. But I have to say, he has been hampered by well, injuries in the yeah, last couple of years. He's, um, that's that's true. And then he got he got cooked by um, Bronson Sherry last week. But aside from that, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? We've given him plenty of plaudits on the podcast, and he's been uh, like you know, we talk about guys going down the Wenty and and sort of uh, you know doing the right thing and, and earning a recall. He did exactly that. So kudos to him and. Hopefully his recovery will um, put him right in the frame for the uh, the game against the Raiders post by. And the thing, his first trial was just all effort. I, I've got no doubts that Corey Oates and who's the centre on who's the centre? Uh, was side? that Shibasaki on that side? I think it was yeah Shibasaki. Um, I think they're a lot quicker than Josh Hoffman, but he just wanted it more and yep. You know, he just raced around them and I don't know how he got the ball down. I don't know how Henry Perinard didn't go up to the bunker for that one because I was for certain they were going to go up to the bunker. They usually go up to for absolutely nothing. Um, so, yeah, it's just he's brought the attitude. He's brought a good attitude. He's brought, you know, pretty good stats. He's rucked the ball out well. Uh, yeah, you can tell he wants to, you know, you talk about contract year and all that, but that's what you want to see from someone in a contract year. You don't want them to go and have a sook and go, oh, I'm going on a contract or whatever. He's actually gone out there and, you know, shown why he deserves a year deal or something. All right. Did we want to touch on anything else other than the Broncos being terrible? Um, I thought um, uh, Mr. Respects uh, uh, chat on Fox last night and saying they all had their minds on uh, rep round was a bit of a cop out. (laughs) Seabold's been good at the old deflection work, hasn't he? Yes, very much so. (laughs) Um, That that pisses me off. Like, are we ever going to get a a win? And get any praise for it. Like every time we beat someone, oh, when we beat South, they had no team. Like it's just, just pay some respect. Like, God, we can win the, pre- the premiership, and they'd be like, you know what, uh, the team that uh, we like the Toronto Raptors, they took advantage of the injury ravaged uh, Warriors. Like, I, I do empathise with where you're coming from. I have to start calling Bertie Mister Respect. <laughs> but um, like, just- I, I think there's a deeper layer to it for Seabold, or maybe a shallow layer. He's just literally, you know, he's in the frying pan at the moment, and I think it's just. I think he's been found out. Yeah. Well, if you look can- at. You look at what Souths have at the moment, and you know um, the systems they have in place obviously is a winning product. Whereas the Broncos, you know, they should be a winning product. They've got juniors, sponsorships, TPA deals, favourable draw. They should be a winning product, but they've just 
demolished them. They've internally demolished themselves since 2000. Well, when did Bennett leave? 2008, wasn't it? Uh, the original. Well, as far back as 2006. You know, a team that's got all yeah. those advantages, it's, um, you know, a blot on them that they haven't done anything in 13 years. Yeah, and, I, you know, not just, not only winning grand finals, but internally they've just stuffed themselves and, yeah, they should be a winning product, but they're not. And Seabold's gotten found out after being touted as the next best coach. And so, yeah. All right. Well, on to a um, bit of news. So, uh, first item Gutherson called up as 19th. Is he 18th man or 19th man for New South Wales? The Channel 9 reported as 18th, I think, but I'm pretty certain Ryan Madison occupies that position. So, I, I think he's 19th. But also, I think it doesn't really matter. Like, No, one's a forward, one's a back. back. Depends on where the yeah. injury would be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what that's all that matters. So it's not as if they're going to put Madison in the centres or on the wing. So, oh, you never know. Leaving Latrell oh. Mitchell out. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that very could, true. Uh, Keeping Nathan Cleary there, Jesus. Uh, yeah, and putting Dan Safedi in. Um, yeah. So he, here's here's a good stat for you. <clears throat> Compare the pair. <laughs> New South Wales prop Daniel Safedi, one offload, 107 receipts. 261 tackles made at 89.2% tackle efficiency, 87.2 running metres, total running metres of 958. Tim Manor, seven offloads, 102 receipts, 218 tackles made, tackle efficiency 91.5%, average running metres 99.1%, total running metres 990. So, gee. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how Daniel Saifidi was picked. That that screams of um David Clemmer going into bat for his boy, and um you know and obviously getting into uh, I was about to say Trent Barrett. It's not Trent Barrett. It's Brad Fittler. Fittler's here. You talk about Clemmer going in into bat for his boy, right, or for his teammate or whatever. There was an excellent article today on Twitter. On it was on the Raw. I'm not sure who it was written by. I can't remember. Sorry, um, they probably don't listen to this podcast anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um was about Latrell Mitchell and Gus Gould and how Gus Gould um, has pos- potentially influenced uh, uh, Fittler's decision into not putting Latrell Mitchell back in there. There's another conspiracy. Why is Daniel Saifidi in there? Could it be because Clemmer has said something? Because, you know, I think they get 30 grand per game. In that per vicinity. It might, yeah, it's, it's in that vicinity. So, or maybe even fifty grand. I'm I'm not a hundred. I'm not too sure, but that's a fair. You know, when you add up, or if you're not on that much, thirty grand is well. It's a lot of more. Fair whack. So, you know, who they pick for Origin or whatnot. Obviously, it's not picked on form because Daniel Saifedi wouldn't be playing, and you know, Latrell Mitchell, despite what he pulled out in the first game or whatever, I don't think he had that bad of a game. I just think. Um, what's oh, who was he? Will Chambers had a, he had a really good game, so you know, yes, and it's just 30 grand out of pocket. That's that's a lot of money. I'm interesting. More conspiracy theories, NRL, please. <laughs> I, want, I want more, <laughs> I want more conspiracy theories. Send them all, send them all to me, whatever. So, like, think. if if we fail, do we? Uh, does Freddie blame Clemmer for his suggestion? Or? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of want New South Wales to lose just to see the fallout, and then like Bertie saying, who gets the blame? Yeah, because well, Fergo and Dugan got the blame for their for when Laurie Daly lost. So, and yeah, that's that's why part of me is real disappointed that Mitchell Pierce ruled himself out, or I don't even know what the the actual story is there because I think he was going to be snubbed, and then they came out with this line that. Yeah, oh, he's ruled himself out. Because I, I, I really wanted he's to see. Me, I, I quit. <laughs> I really wanted to see. You know, it wasn't. You know, the first time's like the charm. The second time's like the charm. The nineteenth time's the charm for Mitchell Pierce. That would have been real sweet. <laughs> um, I, I think that's enough Origin talk. Um, we had some other news during the week, did we? Tim Manor not going. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> Tim Manor's in evil again. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. But um, well, no, he's not uh, going. Well, that's the club, the, the club. The club put out a release. Tim Manor staying with the Eels. Yeah, oh, I missed the official statement. Sorry, but as I mentioned to the boys just before we came on, um, I, I bought my daughter Beyblades, and we've been <laughs> <laughs> greatest that ever. I love it. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So that's good news for Timmy. Yeah. Um, as we said at the, at the end of the day, he, he's he's going to be a bench prop. So um, I don't think we would have lost too much if he does go. Um, but him staying around, obviously, he's got some uh, gigs after his playing career is finished at the Eels. Um, so we'll just see if he can earn his way back into first grade. Um, but given the bench on the weekend and given the impending return of uh, uh, Nathan uh, Brown. And given Dylan the Brown, Dylan Brown, sorry, given Dylan the Brown, impending um, July 1 deadline where you can have, we, we believe you can play development players in the NRL, which means that yeah. uh, Stefano Toikamano becomes eligible. Well, I was just about to ask because with Kayser retiring and, you know, we thought Tim was going to... Oh, sorry, that was the other piece of news, the, the Kayser uh, fully announcing his retirement. And unfortunately, those rumours from last year about a ruptured testy were correct. Um, and now he will need to have IVF in order to have children, which is um, which is a terrible blow to him. And it makes it completely understandable that he's decided that he's got to give it up. Um, a player that put his body on the line every time he wore the blue and gold, and as evidenced by the amount of injuries that he's copped in first grade and also coming through the grades. He's still got bigger well, balls than 99.9% of the population. I think, you know, he got, when he was he raised a blue and gold flag on Saturday night, and um, you could see the respect people held for mm. Kayser. You know, he wasn't the most talented player, but he always put his body on the line for his players, the club, for his jersey, for himself. So... You could tell that a lot of people just, you know, they mightn't have been a big fan of him talent-wise. They respected him, and that was huge. But I was just about to ask, because um, we thought there possibly could have been two spots open in the top 30, but with Tim staying, Kay's retiring, there's one spot open for um, before the 30th of June. Oh, 30th of June? Yeah, yeah June June 30, yep. you have to have um, yeah. your um, top yeah, 30. What do we think happens? Do we... Do we bring someone in? Or are we bringing someone up? Just, I'd just like to hear your thoughts on... Well, I think we just bring somebody yeah, up. Yeah, that's my gut feeling now. I mean, obviously, we'll, we've been linked to a few players like uh, George Burgess and Wanga Blake in recent times, but uh, I don't know. I think, I, I'm not sure if those ships are sailing, so I, I'd prefer to just promote someone internally. I reckon we might bring someone in because right now, this weekend, with the rep round, um, it's perfect time for clubs to take a step back, look at their roster and see who and pray that the people that they're after excuse me comes out injury but like, out injury free but yeah I don't know man like I doubt like you, wouldn't you think like surely one of the juniors would have been promoted like we would have got like special exemption or something but yeah I, I reckon we'll bring someone in it'll be someone random I I'm on birdie's side there I think someone will come in alright give us give us a pool of names at least then I reckon, a prop, I reckon, you know what? I'll put my head on the, my neck out there. I reckon uh, George Burgess, maybe. Georgie? You never know. Yeah. Like He could be like, hey, mate, come to Para for three years instead of being uh, Cinderella in the opera. He's, he's averaging 81 metres per game this year. You, you like that? You never, you never know. Like It's just it's just attitude with him. Like, oh, That's true. I just, well, I don't think I don't think we'll bring another centre in. I reckon we'll bring another forward at Back rows with where okay, it's just props. I, I legitimately think we're one prop away from being a genuine top five team, four team maybe, and like that's not counting on um, Kafusi and Stefano, but like I'm talking about like a genuine a genuine prop. So, but you know, maybe knowing our like we'll do nothing, we'll just waste a spot like last year for semi, you know. So yeah, I I, I don't know if it will happen this year, but. If I'm putting a name up, I'm going for uh, Christian Welch. His, mm-hmm. his name's been popped up a little bit. I just think, you know, you, you're bringing him out of the storm system and that's, you know, usually a, a negative. But, um, you know, it's a good culture down there. It's a good winning culture down there. Um, there's a lot of respect for teammates, for winning, for the club, for themselves. I think bringing in someone like that, Christian, he's not the best of players and I don't, we wouldn't need him to be a hundred, uh, 120 meter, 130 meter prop. We just want him to come in here and try and, um, get a winning culture, um, play with respect, um, teach the young guys respect. Plus also, you know, he's on the reserves for Queensland origin. 
Um, so that that's always a huge bonus of having that. Um, he might have played rep football, but he's had that been amongst rep squad, so he's got that experience there. Um, played in two losing grand finals, but still, that's still a lot more than anything we've got. Well, except for, except for Timmy, he's lost. He's lost one grand final. Did well to play last year, because I mean, oh, not last year, the year before. Sorry, because that would have been a winning grand final. They did win one. Oh, I'm pretty. Sure, I think I might have looked up there. I might have got it wrong. But yeah, I just think that big game experience coming from a big club, coming from a respectful club, I think, you know, if we get his signature, I'll be, I won't be over the moon about it, but I'll be quietly happy. Yeah, it's a, it'd just be a good solid signing, right? Yeah. His work, his work attitude, you know, he's not going to, he's going to be very disciplined and stick to the plan. So like if Brad Arthur gives him a job, he, you know, he's going to do it, so... But yeah, but looking at, it, I think he, he missed out on um, the grand final victory for knee reconstruction. But he's actually played in two grand final losses. So yeah, oh, there yeah. you are. Right. Sorry, my bad. Oh, all good, all good. Yeah, Cronulla, two thousand sixteen, and then last year against the Roosters. Yeah, so he fits so in having, the <laughs> You know, just having that big game experience, playing in front of a big crowd, playing in front of a playing with players that have played in big games and all that. I just think he, you know, he's not not the best of players in the game but experience wise culture wise I think it would be a, a smart signing if we can get him before June 30 this year get him um, in amongst the club um, learning about Parramatta and then moving into a preseason with that I think that would be huge for, especially with our young guys coming through uh, Stefano Oregon um, even guys that have just cracked first grade I think that's huge for them to learn mm-hmm. and like be amongst a uh, Winning player. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Um, you know, uh, suggestion for a recruit. I like. I like the profile. It fits what we need. We, you know, obviously you always want blockbusting props, but he also fits I, a need for what we. That's the thing. I, we've already got the block. Yeah, between Junior like and, and hopefully Stefano. Junior, if Evans keeps going, um, Stefano has been averaging like eleven meters of run in reserve grade. I know it's only reserve grade, but you drop other players back there that haven't been making eleven meters of run. Um, I think you've got the hard noses in Stoney and Nathan Brown. And, you know, I just I just think it would work really well within the sort of forward pack that we can create. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll wrap up news. Um, now that we've got a little bit of time, given that we won't have to do previews other than Jersey Flag, I thought we'd just run through the, the rest of our season. Um, given there's 10 games left, so we've played... Um, how many have we played now? 14? Yeah, we're seven and seven. Yeah, yeah. So seven from seven and seven, uh, sitting at fifty-fifty. Uh, obviously, the last six weeks of football um, hasn't been the best, with four losses, two wins, and some pretty bad losses within that period as well, uh, capped off by the Storm, Panthers, and Cowboys losses, and of course to the Sharks too. Now, looking at that run home, you'd think to make the finals, we're going to have to win six of those ten. Um, So let's just run through the games quickly. We've got Eels up at Darwin, West Tigers at Bank West. It's their home game. Sea Eagles at Manly. Um, uh, Warriors at our our home game. Dragons down in... Is that the one down at at their home... Well, one of their home stadiums. Uh, (laughs) Knights at home. Titans away. Bulldogs at home. Broncos away. And Manly at home. So, it's in those it's games, not a bad I can run. tick off yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six games that we should at least be winning, and that leaves us with the Raiders game, which we're going to have to be good for, at Seagulls, which we're going to have to be up for. We generally are against Manly at least. home because we always play them poorly. It's true. And then the final game, which is Seagulls at our home, um, given they've been playing very well this this year. Um, you really think you should be winning the other matches? Yeah. What are your it, thoughts? It's hard to say, like, because um, form know, changes week on week so far. That's true. Yeah, and injuries change, and players come into form, players go out of form, so it's hard to. But if you're looking at it like right now as a snapshot, yeah, those six games you should be. Um, yeah, you, you, look, we have to win all of them at home. Every single game we at Paris Stadium now. So your um, Warriors, Knights, Dogs, Manly, 
we have to win those. Regardless, well, we've got six of- six home games. Um, if you want to count them up, so and West Tigers, I know is away, but it's still I'd count that as a home game. So. I, think it'd be, I think it'll be close to fifty fifty there with the crowd. So yeah, I, I think it will be home, and you know we've played a lot more games there, so we know how the how the ground plays. So yeah, that's definitely more of a home game to us, I believe. Um, so yeah, the the ones at Power we have to win regardless. Um, you know. You, Last yeah. two scare me because realistically Broncos, they can't be missing the final, so they'll be trying to make the the eighth or seventh position, and so is the Eagles. So, last two games, both teams, all, all three teams, so us and Broncos and Seagulls will be fighting for um, the last uh, final spot. So, yeah, other than that, the biggest banana slip ball would, have, would be the Titans game because surely we could beat them. But. Newcastle and Titans both loom as the big trap games there. I reckon we'll be fired up for the Knights because they just, they just they smashed us and I reckon the boys will want revenge. I feel, I feel like we say this, like, this isn't a shot at you, Bertie, but as fans we say this because we know Newcastle are a bogey team and we always get done by them. But, like, you look at it, we don't verse Titans. It's the first time we've versed Titans this season and it's round, so it's round 22. We don't know how, they, how they're going to act or how they're going to play. And same thing with Warriors. So, like, it's just, I don't know. You'd hope so, but... We could lose all of them. You know, I don't want to sound negative, but it's just—it's <laughs> it's definitely, it's absolutely, it's definitely a possibility. Like it's—it's it's like we've two, seen it's our, like, our past what, six weeks of footy where we at just our best and at our worst, and at our worst, definitely that's you know, you could lose all of them. It's like one I step forward, two backwards. That's what I'm just. The one thing we've got going for us is Dylan Brown coming back. Yeah, you know, I said it last week. Um, the one guy that everyone wants back is Dill. So you know, you don't want that, but. You, you compare him to Will Smith and Jamin Salmon. And while uh, Fish had a good game um, on the weekend, you know, even from him to Dill, there's just a huge That's skill right. difference. There's a huge halves experience difference. There's a huge, um, like you saw the way Dill in round one, you know, he'd only had, what, one and a half trial games linking with Clinton Gutherson. And then all of a sudden round one, He's linking with Sean Lane. He's linking with Clinton Gutherson so well and creating so much space for those outside guys. So that his inclusion will be huge, not only for the left-hand side, but also for Mitch. Like um, Mitch has had to take all fifth tackle responsibilities. He hasn't been able to run on the fourth. Um, he's had to do pretty much everything. So still coming back will be huge for left and for Moses. All right. I think that's pretty con- conclusive or... Um, we've summed that up very like well. That. What about right. previous rounds? What do you mean previous rounds? Okay, okay, so um, so we're looking at it now, and we're saying 7-7. I think going through the games, there's probably been two really disappointing losses, and that's the Cowboys and the Panthers. I th- when you look at it, um, Cowboys were playing poor. I know they had Talmolo coming back. I think they had another... Did they have Michael Morgan coming back for that game? or Morgan played that game for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, but I think when you look at the start of the season, we're doing. If you if you asked fans before round one, we were sitting seven and seven by round fifteen, they would have taken it. But as you go through the year, I think at yeah, our two disappointing losses against the Cowboys and the Panthers, and we could have won those games very easily. So like, if I said to you guys at the start of round one, before round one, if we were seven and seven, would you guys be happy now, or would you be you know, what would your thoughts be? I'd be happy. We only well, it's one more, yeah, it's one more win than last year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon the biggest one was the Knights game because we just smashed Tigers 51-6. Knights were humiliated in Gold Coast. Like, sure, the players knew, hang on, this is they're going to come out firing and you make Daniel Levy look like a, what of his name is, um, like we made him look incredible and like it's just, I know they just, they've kicked on since then, but that loss still burns me because we just did fucking nothing and we just got smashed. So, yeah. I see the Newcastle one. Yeah, it was disappointing because of previous form for the Knights. But as you said, they turned up. Whereas the Panthers, they didn't turn up at all. Like we would just happen to be worse that night. They owned, they won by what a Nathan Cleary, um, just you a know, deflection. yeah, Sorry. that's what they won by. So like that's why I think. That's the worst one because Penrith just didn't. Newcastle turned up, and credit to them, 
they had a lot of energy when we should have had the same energy. So, yeah, I just think those two weeks we played the Cowboys in Darwin, not Darwin, in Townsville and Penrith at home, those, you know, if we, and we could have turned those um, two games around, you know, I think if you said to people nine and five by around 15 at the start of the year, you know, we're, where would that put us? I don't even know. Let me have a quick look. And then you also look like Tigers got smashed the week before, what, 28 nil by Canberra. They go up and they beat uh, Cowboys and Cow- like in uh, Townsend. That's what I expected. Like Usually when teams can get 50 on them, the next week they win. And usually they respond and it just didn't. So. Yeah, so we'd, we'd be sitting off, fifth right now if we had changed those two games. So... I, yeah, those two games, I think we could have won, we should have won, and those are probably the two most disappointing losses of the year, and even by the end of the year. If we don't make the eight, um, those are the two that we'll be looking back on, saying we should have won those two. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. We still have a bye <laughs> left, don't forget. So that's, that puts us on level terms with ninth or fifth, actually. We get it this week. Like, so, like, it's a give you two points, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, could haves, should haves, would haves. Yeah, um, they've got they've got ten games left, and we pretty much have to um, at least go five and five to be in with a shot. But it'll come down to points differential. Um, but you think if we're winning six, that gets us guaranteed bottom of the eight. Um, what was the cutoff last year? Last Did year you, was really high because there was um, a because yeah. there was a lot of poor teams. It was a really weird year. Yeah. Yeah, but if if this is anything like a usual year, I think last year you had to have what was it, it was like fourteen wins or something. Yeah, um, yeah, thirty points. F- was... Fifteen wins for the Warriors was eighth spot. Yep, which I is 20, 28 gets you in. Twenty six, twenty eight for sure. Twenty six maybe. Yeah, so I think that certainly puts us in with a shot, and then we'll just have to see how we go. Um, other than that, let's get to this uh, one week's uh, game this week, uh, which is the Eels taking on the Thunderbolts. So there's nothing else on this weekend other than Orange on Sunday, but uh, this is taking place on Saturday, the 22nd of June, out at McCready Park. Eels in 11th, taking on the Victoria Thunderbolts in 12th. Uh, A couple of ins, a couple of outs there. Um, So we'll run through the Eels team list, which is Sione Fenura at the back, on the wings, Solomoni Naiduki, and... Tura Ganavalu, Neba Telavu. Yeah. It's fantastic. Good effort. <laughs> Tafua Afu and Tui Afawalo. Uh, Tui's been really good, I have to say. I, I like watching Tui play. He's got that distinctive hairstyle, and um, you can certainly see him being a good prospect coming up. Oh, no, I'm going to have to... Disagree? Gonna, Sorry, my bad. Disag- no, no, it's all right. Um, he hasn't changed his game since he was 16 years old. Um. You know, it's it's genetics, but he doesn't have the the height for what you want from a back like your typical backline player. Um, especially on the weekend, there was if you go back and watch the highlights, there's I think you might be able to see two tries. The first one, if he makes con- if he makes solid contact and hit, hits and sticks, um, the Warriors um, hand the ball over on the fifth. But instead, he goes in soft. They go and score a try off that eventually. Um, and there's also one where uh, a kick is cross field and it's JT, in field. Yeah. Um, runs across and, you know, does decently to stop a try, but there's a bat back into the center and Afawala is like 10 meters away. So, you know, it's just, it's an effort area with Tui because he does have, he's a powerful runner of the ball. He actually, he's got good hands it's just a, it's an attitude it's a it's a it's the effort areas that let Tui down and I think that's why you know he's still playing 20s when um, Ethan Parry and Hayes Dunster are up playing um, reserve grade and Tui coming through if well he was under 16's New South Wales man of the match um, he was under 18's New South Wales man of the match a year young then he, he was 17 when he won the 18th man of the match. So he's had all the talent coming through, but it's just the effort areas, and that's where Dunster and Parry have overtaken him. Yeah, true. I did forget about Dunster and Parry, um, who are two very good prospects in their own. But then the halves, Joe Taipari and Bailey Biondioto in the 
James Porter, Harry Duggan, Kyle Schneider at hooker, Tassa Parley, Shelford, and Jesse Cronin making up the second row, Sam Hughes, Penny Dohey, PJ Vigalu, and Tavatautai all on the interchange bench. And the extended, they've got four on there, Joseph <coughs> Lachlan Poco, Valence Harris, and Bruce Ward. So all regular names. And then for the Thunderbolts, Aporo at fullback, Wakalevu, and Ahomana. So I'm guessing there's some sort of um, Islander uh, outside backs that Melbourne seem to love. Uh, Antonio Sanele and Yuar Salia are in the centres. Hanita Pakai at six and Williams at seven. Kubik, far out. These are all sort of Islander (laughs) names, aren't they? Uh, Kubik and Liu in the props. Toela at hooker. Uh, Milne, Lepo and Matt Stimson. I wonder if he's a... um, to the other <coughs> probably relation. yeah Ahu Finna uh, Natapu Pritchard Reedy Bartlett all on the extended uh, on the interchange bench and Tarohi and Westcombe in the extended interchange bench so um, should be a good game hopefully the boys get up for it and they can certainly get a win out at McCready Park they need to because the Thunderbolts got their first win on the weekend by two points against uh, the last place Bears who have only had a draw throughout the year so um yeah, if they wanna if they wanna have a shot at playing um finals football, they need to win this one and you know, just they don't have to win it by going out there and just throwing it willy nilly and going, Oh, we can flog them in this game. They need to just settle down, play cool heads, kick the corners. Um you know, what they were doing really well against Warriors was just back on the inside you saw um for Cronin's second try. You mentioned it that you know, just back on the inside was a pass to um, Taipari. Um, oh, no. No, it was back to Cronin. And then Cronin threw one for Fenua for his try. So, yeah, just, you know, little stuff like that. And I think they can do it. I think they've got, you know, they're starting to come in with a better attitude. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody, because there's no there's no other Parramatta games this week, everyone should be out at McCready Park. I'm expecting 5,000 in attendance. <laughs> Well, I've got my fingers crossed, but um, yeah, <laughs> we shall see. Um, other than that, I think that about wraps us up. So, um, Birdie, uh, we we don't have to do your um, first try scorer or or whatever else, but but if you want to let us know what you've been doing, oh, actually, been been civil on Twitter lately. I haven't um abused anyone. Um, <laughs> it's amazing what a win does for you, you know. Like, uh, yeah, other than that, um. <laughs> Nothing really. Oh, just I don't know what happened. Oh, the NBA playoffs happened. Wait, did we cover that last pod? Or either way, Toronto. I don't think so because it was after, wasn't it? it For was the first the, time in history, NBA America is not holding the championship. Yeah, yeah and um, the Drake curse has ended. So, um, all you pricks posting the Drake curse, you, you know, get a new meme. So, yeah, it's over. Um, oh, NBA free agency. Um, one of the big moves happened. Uh, AD moved from the Pelicans to the Lakers um, for a million a picks and Lonzo Ball. Um, Lon- and Lonzo Ball's father come out and said they're going to regret it. And even better, Lamelo Ball, the youngest one's coming to Australia. He's playing for Wollongong Hawks or Illawarra Hawks. So Australia's actually yeah. got really, really decent um, baseball and basketball. Uh, uh, what's it called? Competitions that the Americans use for um, you know honing up outside of college. Yeah. So, like, first off, it was RJ Hampton, a uh, not this draft, which is happening this Friday, but next year's draft, the top five prospect. Um, same, with, same with Josh Green. And now LaMelo Ball. So, yeah, it's actually good. Um, other than that, uh, nothing's happening in soccer. Soccer season, it's preseason still. Um, NFL, not for a while. Um, Got the Cricket World Cup. Come on, that's, that's Australia doing all right there, yeah. Man, I haven't watched those cheating bastards since Sandpaper Gate, so I'm over that. See the drama in the AFL about extra security at the ground? Oh yeah, um, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> AFL, wanna... the, did you see the the security guard try to come in and break up a fight and got waved away by the the umpire? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like a GWS guy. I can't remember who the other team was, but they were wrestling, and then the Seki came in and tried to break it up. <laughs> he doesn't know what the training is, but um, yeah, but yeah, he was just trying to help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have jumped in. I would have bloody dropped a few elbows into the North Melbourne guy, but. Yeah, so right. Macho Man Randy Savage over here. <laughs> oh, God, what, sorry. Say, what? What you- oh, that's my phone. I'm going to have to turn that off.
Put Sorry, them on. Let's right. get some laugh. All right. Um, uh, forty twenty. As always, catch me at uh, the Cumberland Fro. Uh, that's thecumberlandfro.com, and on Twitter at EOSTCT. Uh, not much doing, just enjoying a good win for once after that. Um, you know, nearly two months of um, excruciating mediocrity. And um, yeah, it's nice to be back and and watch the uh, boys in the rep round now. Hopefully, we get no injuries. Oh yeah, we didn't touch the the rep round players. Uh, Michael Jennings ruling himself out of Tonga. Um, but let's go through. Maker Sivo will be starting on wing for, um, for Fiji. And um, also, uh, uh, oh, who's the other Fijian? Smelly Fainga. Fainga, that's correct. Smelly Finger. Uh, he'll be playing <laughs> for Fiji. Um, they're taking on um, the the Cedars, aren't they? The drama-stricken Lebanon, Lebanon Cedars, yeah. Lebanon. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, and Mitch Moses would have been available, but there's a couple of players uh, who are boycotting Lebanon at the moment, I think. Is it over pay rates? Yeah, there's a like that? contractual dispute over pay rates, yeah. And um, yeah, and then Robbie Farrah coming out and blasting everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah shut up, Farrah. Um, anyway, at, and then in Tonga, so we've got Manu Ma'u. Uh, who else have we got in Tonga? Uh, Penny, and then Michael Jennings was in, but he ruled himself out, as we touched on just before. Okay. Um, so a couple around, and were there any other big games on over the weekend? Uh, the Cook Islands have got a couple, yeah, got a few Parramatta boys in there: Tepai, Marada, and uh, Brad Takarangi. Samoa versus yeah. uh, PNG. Did you say that already? No, sorry. And oh, Junior Polo for Samoa, of course. Yeah. And Kaiser, if he was still around, probably could have played. He, he was Samoan Heritage, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. But not to be. So yeah, a couple of players. So fingers crossed and um, hoping and praying that none of them uh, cop an injury like poor Manu Mau did last year. But yeah, um, break his oh, cheekbone. Yeah, fingers crossed. We uh, we won't hear anything about that. Um, and that's all being played out. At, is it is it like no? Yeah, it's like there's that. three games out of Leichhardt, isn't there? Or it would have been great to have it at Bank West, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, the, that's games. the thing is when Parramatta Stadium was still there and they did all, all their Pacifica stuff out of there and it was great. So I could I imagine um, Tonga, you know, it's disappointing this year. I understand why they've got Tonga versus New Zealand because it's a lot bigger game and uh, whatever. But Tonga versus Samoa, man, that was those when they, um, I think it was the Sippy Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Penrith Stadium. Yeah. Oh, they did it at Parramatta Stadium. I think it was the first year. You know, those two going on was just the, the noise from the crowd, the cheering was just, it was unbelievable atmosphere. And to have that at um, Parramatta Stadium, oh, you would have the the PA system would have been able to keep up. <laughs> well, it it would have on one side of the field, but not the other side. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, sorry, Ham. What what else is going on? Um, is Forty done with his plugs? Yeah, yeah, I'm done for my plug. Okay, you're done. Um, yeah, I've been oh, I've been getting into arguments on Twitter, but um, <laughs> someone someone was saying that um. They didn't get out to Parramatta Stadium the other week because um, they couldn't find a park somewhere, and like the closest parking spot was twenty minutes away. Mate, twenty minute walk isn't that far. So if you haven't been out to Parramatta Stadium, get out there. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have some good food either at the Leagues Club or on Church Street. Who cares if you have to walk twenty minutes? It's that's nothing. If you're gonna complain about that. What it, what, <sighs> the first is the first world it's problems. A, it's a nice walk, actually. Like I assume that's from pro- the Westfields, but like if you grab the train, you're walking the same. Day. And they run ten minute shuttle buses anyway from from there, so you could grab a shuttle bus if you don't want to walk down. Um, but if you do walk down, you could you know there's there's about a thousand places to eat plus a couple of pubs there, so you can have a pit stop. That's what I do every time. I just have a pit stop halfway down and then um, get get over to the stadium. Yeah, I. On the weekend for the Broncos, we I had um, uh, dinner in the stadium, and then there was a bit of time between because they don't want to watch touch football because you know that's boring. Um, so I just walked over to Messina for some ice cream. No, just walked back. It's fantastic. It's so good, and there's heaps of people walking. It's not as if you know you walk in the streets of Parramatta alone, which is too scary for anybody. Um, so yeah, just get out to Parramatta Stadium and stop being sulks about it and. Support the Leagues Club and the Football Club. So spake Ham. Yes. 
And that's the bottom line. That's right. <laughs> Too it's many wrestling. So. Oh, man. Oh, that's what I can talk about is John Moxley. Oh, no, no. I oh, know you guys aren't really into wrestling, but I have to suffer through. I had to suffer through NFL, basketball, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. But, oh, my goodness. John Moxley, uh, former Dean Ambrose from the WWE, wrestling in Japan on the G1, which starts, um, oh, my God, soon. And it's going to be so good because wrestling's on every day. And it's, oh, they announced the blocks and the tournament. And, oh, my goodness. If, you, if you're not watching, if you're a fan of professional wrestling and you're not watching New Japan, get into it because the quality of matches in the next, over the next two months is going to be Insane. unbelievable. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We need need someone on here that just talks wrestling with me. And then when the plugs go on, I can go on for 20 minutes about professional wrestling with somebody. When everybody mentions wrestling, all I can picture is that Simpsons local man still thinks wrestling is real or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. And for me, um, I've I've just replaced the, the battery in my Dell for my work computer it's got like a dell pen like that you can use it with a touch screen but it turns out there's two further batteries which part which um i don't know what the hell they power like the little tiny button ones so it's got a, a 4a battery and then it's got two little button batteries in it what yeah it's a science so excursion I'm, just, I'm, tr- I'm trying to <laughs> contemplate it's the government, what that is. It's the government uh, checking up on you yeah potentially do you have and- um uh uh Thing over you. Do you have a webcam on it? Is there a webcam on it? Yeah, it's 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 actually I put tape over it. So. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, everybody's always watching. Well, of course they're probably logging my every move on it because I work for the government. But um, he's, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's no, one of them. You exactly know what they're looking for. He's a G man. Don't talk to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I just put the tape over any camera. You just never know. Yeah. Um, in any event, uh, in in sporting news, the biggest sporting news to come out of this year. Um, Raspberry Racers taking hey, Oceanics <laughs> coming dead last. <laughs> oh, good. And it was dead last by like the second the second last event. They couldn't even move up a spot. No. That was, oh, God. Green Ducks in second and Hayes is in third. Yeah, the uh, debut season for the Green Ducks, coached by uh, Coach Bombay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was... On to uh, the 2019 Winter Olympics. Oh, no, they've still got the um, qualifiers. So I'm so, not even sure if they'll make it. So can I just ask, who was your favourite green duck? Was it Mallard, Billy, Quacky, Ducky, or Goose? <laughs> that had to be Quacky, wouldn't it? <laughs> Two golds, three silvers, total of five medals. Uh, tell you what, that's that's great. Great from the, the, the green ducks. Debut um, season two. That's, where have they been? Where have they been all this, this time? Yeah, well, they've certainly come in hard and heavy. Um, other than that, not too much on, unless you're unless you're travelling um, on on uh, New South Wales transport. Uh, your travel's capped at fifty bucks now a week. Good. Pay a little bit less for the travel. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up. So fingers crossed, no injuries in any of the rep rounds this weekend. Uh, rep games in this rep round this weekend. Uh, for all of you out there playing fantasy, having Andrew Fafita, he's guilty at the judiciary, so you're going to have to find a replacement for rounds 15 and 16. Um, other than that, we're looking forward to some more consistency from the Eels in the back half of the season. Ooh. Other than that, we'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. If 40, you have the play of the game lined up, I'll get you to take us out. Play of the game. Middle of the Eels, it's only Matt. Marty out of dummy half, and there's another one of them. Paulo, the ground is shaking. Paulo has found the earth. Henry Perinara said, Evans just dumps it off. Look at this again. This is wonderful from Parramatta. Sivo's got a shot and takes full advantage. Great opportunity again. Gutho said, five away. Jennings, Jennings is over as well. Now, say now down, and now it's out of the fall from the kickoff. Then Mosey. Oh, juggled by Brown. He's offloaded. Marty with it. Quick hands along. Paulo does the same. Marty's got it back like a jackrabbit.
And Mahu at the end of it. Kicking to the corner of Oates. Ferguson bats it back. Batted back a second time. Moses fumbles. Now there's trouble. Stags almost under the ball. Stags has picked it up. And what happened? Delpo in for Gower. The David Gower's offloaded as well. Money and Moses Ooh. and he'll kick and now those chases are plenty oh, yeah. chases are plenty Huffman has scored the fourth for Parramatta a blue and gold wave was coming through to the Broncos in goal area Moses this time delivering short oh. now Moses turns around Oates little oh Corey Oates Corey Oates what planet are you on tonight Milford, there it is. And no, they don't. They've missed it as well. Missed it. Low ball across to Sivo. Puts a fend on Shibasaki. Offloads for Jennings. Watch his feet. Jennings spins and steps. The ball to offload. That is so strong. That 19-year-old front rower took on three defenders and offloaded. And oh no! When your night is not happening, Turpin lost it. Straight into the bread basket of Josh Hoffman. Gutherson with the ball, fishes along, and there's Manu for Ferguson, the big fella. Here is Milford with oh, the ball. Hang on a second. Oh, oh. Raven Stone has uh, had a crack oh, at Corey Oates. Right. Hello, Raven. Salmon. Salmon has slithered through. A real eel is seven, if you know what I mean. And Marty in support to score the try. That was from Young O'Sullivan, was it? Or Gillett and Brisbane. Oh, save Well, he can score him and he can save him. But really, all Parramatta tonight.